up with Drake Digital on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at drakehallmemphis.com. Drake Digital, playing the best rock and roll ever made. And the Mardi Gras has come and gone. New Orleans is now being cleaned up, cups and beads and pieces of people's colons being vomited up all over the streets. And uh, it's been a great time, I'm sure. Yippee, we had our king cake last night. The old lady, I mean my wife, <laughs> yeah, well, she loves that, mm-hmm. uh, made a king cake last night. She used half the sugar, and it was pretty. There was no baby inside for me to choke on. Good. And so it was, our little tree's up. It's on our, the, the uh, Facebook page, and a pretty, <coughs> pretty quiet uh, Mardi Gras around here. But... <clears throat> Down there, it was rocking. And here are a couple of things, the weirdest things people do to celebrate Mardi Gras. <laughs> All right. Oh, I've, I've never really <laughs> heard of these before. Uh, heavy practicing of cultural insensitivity. It is the rich history of this holiday, creating a chance to be offensive to multiple groups at one time. Well, and that's time. important. That's very important to offend all that you can. People people in drag, homosexuals, black people, white people, how do they pull this off? Uh, <laughs> other things people do to celebrate Mardi Gras. They fly to New Orleans to drink when there's plenty of beer in the fridge in the garage. <laughs> and in the basement, there are bottles of liquor. So, you know, cut it out. You're just wasting everyone's time and your own money. Pretty good advice. Um, odd things they do. They expose the skin and fatty tissue around the mammary gland to individuals who are not their young. And that's just wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Show us your tits. Show us your tits. I saw some on the earth camp. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't understand the history of that tradition, but it is uh, rich and whatever. Uh, they glamorize being Catholic. And this shows the inside of uh, the St. Louis Cathedral in Jackson Square. In an unusual custom, people celebrate this holiday by briefly pretending that being Catholic can be fun. Uh, That's bound to piss somebody off, I hope. Vehicular manslaughter. One more great tradition. When two people get drunk, they can do the wildest things. So that's not a good idea either. Uh, quietly observe this celebration from the safety of their balcony. That's called being smart. Yeah. Here they call them mm-hmm. freaks. <laughs> Get your ass down there and mingle among the great unwashed. I love this one. A New Orleans Mardi Gras tradition. Dumping hot gumbo from parade floats onto screaming crowds below. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> We're breaking a siege, and it's delicious. Uh, yeah, and, and, and nobody cares. They stuff their mouths with beads and swing the bead strands around while screaming through the beads. There's just <laughs> something in the air at Mardi Gras. Beads. Um, oh, beads. We have beads all over this little Mardi Gras tree downstairs. Attempting to sell the... Louisiana Purchase back to France during Mardi Gras. <laughs> uh, but oddly, France accepts returns after uh, 30 days, and that uh, the, they don't accept returns after 30 days. So that just, just won't, won't, won't work out at all. This one here I don't understand, so I'm going to skip it. 
Um, and this one too, I'm going to skip. Okay. Weird, weird things that happen during the Mardi Gras season. They walk in a parade. Just because it took you and your friends three hours to find your parked car in the French Quarter <laughs> does not mean it was a parade. All right? <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, it's hard to park down, down there. It's nuts. Another fine tradition, they throw Mardi Gras beads at, at the fattest trombonist in town until he cries. <laughs> uh, it was previously a big highlight of the parade. Many now feel guilty when they make the fat guy cry. So they stopped all of that tradition. Probably good. And all the, all the bands and second line bands and all that. They visit their father's grave. People weirdly like to bring flowers to their dad's headstone every year on the anniversary of his sudden and tragic death at Mardi Gras. <laughs> oh, so <they> okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, remaining clothed. While full or partial nudity is, well, it's, it's just par for the course. Mm-hmm. Some of these odd revelers opt to keep their clothes on, which is likely the very best move you could make um, on this fine holiday in New Orleans. They cry when they get their drunk ass beat at a Texas roadhouse. <laughs> they show up <laughs> drunk and handsy, so they need to learn to take a drop like a grown up and not act like an idiot. Right. Some folks should not be drinking eight, nine, ten draft beers. To clean up after the fact is a fun tradition, and it's a pain in the ass this morning, I guarantee you that. Getting all the messes cleaned up and pressure washing the streets, some find to be the most decadent pleasure of them all. Um, And so now it is all come and gone again. Today is Ash Wednesday. And those that celebrate the giving up of something for Lent have begun giving up something for Lent. Or some people just give up Lent. Uh, And so this is how (laughs) this all rolls out. Uh, I checked this morning about the time change, too. As we ease into spring and things are trying to bloom and some folks have got devastation in their yards and dead plants. Uh, Ours have, I think, maybe survived the, the possible purge. And uh, my friends came yesterday, landscaping crew, and I, I finally gave up on the leaf thing. And there were seven guys here for three hours, and this yard is seven. pristine. Wow. And it makes me very, very happy, and I, it's a load off my mind. And so now, you, you should see the stuff up there for the trash to pick up. I mean, this stack of limbs and trees from the past couple of storms... It's, you know, four feet high. I bet. And, I mean, seven dudes, three hours. That's how much stuff there was back okay. here. So I have given up trying to be yard boy, except for the mowing and edging. That part's easy. But leaves and weeds and stuff are a pain in the butt. So uh, the time change, in case you're wondering, is March 12th. Now, I pulled uh-huh. up a story this this uh, morning, and I uh, the first thing that I that I found was... Um, there were random, like, like 30 something states have applied, if you will, if that's the right word, have appealed to Congress or to their, uh, to their own state governments to leave, to drop this time change, leave it alone. Which states want to stop changing the clocks? Yeah. And the list is long. There's a lot of people uh, among the states, Mississippi and Kentucky are on top of the list. 
for passing the law in their individual states. But they can't do it until the federal government goes along with it and passes the same bill. Because huh? there are about 18, 19, 20 other states that want to do the very same thing. The Sunshine Protection Act of 2021 was, um, it came up in early, no they wanted to make this effective in November of this year. No time change. And one of the senator people down here, what's her name, uh, that little bird-faced woman, um, whatever her name is, uh, I saw this story and she was uh, touting the fact that they had passed the law and it would be a great time. It would be no more time changes. Then I checked the date on the story. It was uh, this time last year. Uh huh. Okay. So the government is too busy playing games, picking fights, being stupid, and not doing anything productive. Uh, this would change a lot of things for people and what it would eliminate the need to turn clocks back and forward and all that. Arizona and Hawaii are the only ones that don't do it. But now, they do, in the process, change time zones. I didn't realize that. Oh, okay. Huh. Yeah. So, what do you mean change time zones? Um, Arizona is on... Are they on Pacific time or is that... I get, they, they, they're on mountain time. Are they far time, enough west? I don't know. Uh, Denver uh, is on mountain time. Let's find out. Uh, California, Washington, maybe... I don't know who else is on Pacific time, but 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 Hawaii is. I believe they're like six hours behind us. Yes, yeah, I don't know what seven, I think. what uh, time zone they're in, but this has been laying on someone's desk in D.C. probably for more than a year, and nobody has addressed it. And but all of these states, this might have been maybe thirty odd states, but. Um, they just haven't, it's 19 states have enacted, uh, and passed a law to stay on daylight savings time permanently, but they can't make the change without Congress passing the law and somebody putting their name on a piece of paper. And so, uh, and, and, and so it goes, uh, this is one more thing just being ignored that could easily be changed. Right. But, but it's just, and if it were changed, the only thing that's going to end up really changing is what people bitch about. Because mm. now we're all bitching about <laughs> yeah. changing the clocks back and forth. If we have one time through the whole year, then at some point through the year, people are going to be bitching that the sun isn't coming up until 9 o'clock in the morning. Or the sun <laughs> is, is you know setting at you know 5 o'clock every day now for a couple of months. Yeah, so, well. I mean, there's always going to be plenty to bitch about with this. So, you know. Uh, Yep. Thank God. We have an endless list of unimportant things to bitch about. This would be a convenience. It really wouldn't change that much, I don't think, of anything. It's light now till a little bit after 6. But once this time change comes, it'll be darker in the morning. And later at night, it'll be light till about 7-ish. Mm -hmm. And then this will all train. It, it's, it is the same thing, oddly, every year. Yeah, it'll it'll be light at some point at the peak till about eight forty five or eight fifty. In the morning, it'll be lighter much earlier. And these we've discussed this ad nauseum why the changes were made. There are various takes on that theme. Uh, Post World War Two, it was and it was for farmers to work longer and whatever. Uh, but anyway, the proposals from all these states 
have gone largely ignored and likely will because they're too busy talking about each other and pointing fingers and saying stupid stuff. Uh, and it gets worse every day, which is why we usually walk away. It's entertaining, but it's just become too much to bear to watch these ignorant morons open their mouths every day. It just gets worse and worse and worse. On that note, briefly, some local and statewide issues. The um, This brought out the worst in uh, many of us last week when somebody in Nashville in the state government proposed the idea to, of lowering the age to buy and carry a handgun to 18. And anybody with half with with you know one one eye and half sense thought that was completely crazy look around at what's going on with the youth of america or in this city the proposed bill uh, was taken off notice is the phrase which means that they dropped it there's no date for hearing the bill however in the senate version of this effed up government the bill is still being discussed. It will likely go away like it never came up. And then you go to the other story here about how many cars have been stolen in this city since the first part of the year. It's between two and 3,000 cars have been stolen from goodness knows where. I saw this morning there was one stolen from somebody's driveway in South Haven. Oh, no. And that usually oh. has not been a problem down here. Because the South Haven uh, PD does not play, and they keep an eye on this stuff, and everybody here feels relatively safe. Plus, these young kids uh, are are not not so dumb that they don't understand that the good old boys and girls down here are armed to the teeth, and they have their yards all lit up. And if you want to die in a driveway over a car, come on down, and we'll take care of that for you easily. So the and the other point about this is that the majority of the kids in these car thieving rings are they're kids, they're teenage kids. And that makes you harken back to the news of yesterday about 40,000 students were on the list of having truancy issues. They just stopped going to school. 40,000 just bailed. If you miss five days, you're a truant. And there used to be some kind of, I don't know if it's, if, if it's a law or not, but some kind of proclamation where they would come to your door and talk to your parents. And the parents don't give a shit either, so why bother? So no guns for under 18 or under, or, or till you're uh, 21. And thousands of cars being thieved on every day, likely by the same people, kids who were probably armed as well. So that's not really uh, uplifting. This number here just popped up. 2,200 cars mm-hmm. stolen so far this year. And it's, it's February 22nd, mostly by juveniles. Great. Um, that's ridiculous. I love this. I thought of Wes, mm-hmm. and I saw the headline. And I misread the headline because I'm skimming stuff real fast and just running on to the next horrible story I can find um, to just hit, you know, a delete on. And the headline said something like um, man 
what did it say? Man goes in, um, man accused of swinging a sword at what I thought it said was a baby-faced judge. <laughs> no, there was no comma involved. So it said, man accused of swinging a sword at a baby faces judge. Oh, God. Okay. There was no comma <laughs> to me. I thought this guy was in a court of law with a sword and went for the judge. <laughs> what happened was this dickhead, and I don't know where Wes was when this was all going on. This was on uh, last Tuesday, I believe. He is accused of pulling a sword on a lady and her baby who was two years old. He is now uh, having a mental evaluation. Well, which, what did the mom and right. baby do to provoke this attack? Hey. They may have pulled their swords first. I don't know. You know it doesn't. You know, we don't know. The story doesn't say. So. Yeah. He, let's see. The guy walked up to her, tried to hug her two-year-old child, which is grounds for for just killing Uh him right there. Uh, Then she stopped him. He got pissed, went to his car, got his sword out, pointed it at her, and then swung it at the woman and child. Oh, my gosh. They were not injured. It appears, it says in this fine, well-written piece, that he has underlying mental issues. Well, I really think he might. <laughs> you don't go up and try to hug some stranger's little kid. That's grounds for getting a beat down like you've never had before. She Touch one of my kids. She should have pulled out that battle axe and just taken care of it right there. Well, uh, this dude is, uh, is obviously not happening. But here is the funnest one so far. This is a gosh damn news story from Channel 3, who is the king. They are the king's of horribly written bad stories that aren't the news, but are about the most ridiculous and tragic and shootings and rapings and murders and whatever else. They find the, the just the worst news possible, which is why the media is in the, it's a, it, it's a cesspool of, anyway, here's one that somebody thought was this. Here's the headline. Man charged with eating two bags of stolen chips. That's on the news. Okay. Now wait a minute. Now just but just dig the body of the story. And doesn't the MPD have something better to do like learn how to handle the public without killing them? A guy was arrested after the MPD says he ate two bags of chips that somebody else had stolen from a convenience store. February 9th, a man got into a fight with a store clerk um, at some convenience store in Parkway Village, that bastion of good times, because she wouldn't sell him any beer. Then the man took an an entire display of chips, hundreds of bags, and put them in his car because he was going to show her. While walking with the display to his car in anger over having no beer, (laughs) a few bags of chips fell onto the ground, says the MPD. I'm sure whoever, whoever wrote up this, this a report had a good time with this. The clerk had followed the guy out of the store, raving, give me back my chips. After this dickhead drove off, Mr. Joseph Braswell, who was watching the scene go down, picked up two bags of chips that had, that had fallen off of the stand. 
the chips had a value of $4.98. Minutes later, the police found Mr. Braswell with crumbs on his face. <laughs> yeah. They reviewed video footage and came to the conclusion that he was aware of the theft. He was charged with theft of merchandise less than $1,000 and then released on his own recognizance, whatever that means, <laughs> uh, on Tuesday morning. The MPD took the time to lock up this poor bastard because he ate two bags of chips worth under $5. And he had crumbs on his face. He's obviously guilty. <laughs> They're on the and they put him in a squad figure. car, took him downtown, had to do a report on this. And you wonder if the MPD has issues. So, what you in for, brah? <laughs> I, 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 I ate some stolen chips. There. I, I, I want to see the guy who was taking the whole display out to his car. <laughs> you tell me I can't buy beer, oh. I'm going to go ape on your ass, too. But, I mean, really? The oh. MPD just can't get a break. And it is unfortunate, oh. but there are investigations into this department by uh, federal organizations to see how deep the corruption and the issues go. You have to wonder a little bit if the police chief is going to make it or not. Um, I have thought about that since all the bad events of the Tyree Nichols thing went down. Does she know what she's doing or is this department been neglected for so long and so many bad things have happened and bad decisions made and now the government is involved in looking at this department and, and how they function. And then you get a story like this that is the exact opposite of the horribleness of the murder of that, you know, you know, just, just all these murders and stuff and the endless car thievery. But a story about a guy that ate some chips that were stolen is in the news. That's insane. Does anything make sense at all anymore for any reason? No. I don't think it but does. I no. I, I I will say this in the story about the cars, the stolen cars, they've 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 gotten a new attorney to work for the MPD, and their only responsibility is give more vetting to the follow and handoff of these juvenile juveniles. But I mean, give more what? Get like so they're not just in and out and then doing it again. I guess, but that oh, seems like on. it's going to take it's... more than one person. This is a, these are gangs of kids who go into parking lots of hotels and places that are crowded and they hop out of a car and they start smashing windows. Uh, I've heard about this now endlessly. And they travel in groups, in packs. And they pop out of the car and stop bashing, they start to bash windows out and mm. grab whatever's there. And okay, they're go gone in under a minute. And that's, that's it's all over town. And the one down here that I saw makes me a little bit nervous because uh, South Haven feels pretty safe. But our adjacency to Whitehaven, where this was this past weekend, 11 were shot. Makes you a little bit tense. It was on East Shelby Drive. Uh, but you, it's we're all being carefuler, I hope. And then to conclude this opening salvo, there's a thing, I guess everybody has this, uh, next door, which is a neighborhood thing where people uh, can exchange mm -hmm. ideas mm -hmm. about lost it, dogs or kitties and things like, like that. Uh, yeah, everybody's got one. Um, this, this first one says, owl on my fence. If you have small pets, be careful. I just saw the biggest owl 
and they they will pick up little dogs and cats. So oh, watch sure. your butt on that. Mm. But here's my most favoriteest one. This says, "My power is out." Do anybody know what's going on in Whitehaven? Yes, bad grammar. <laughs> Do anybody know what's going on in Whitehaven? Nothing good, apparently. And there's no grammar at all. Any text you have, we'd love to hear from you. 878-9420. Lawyer Bill is here tomorrow. You can ask him questions. I have saved a number of stories to run by him uh, that I find to be intriguing. Even though they're just beyond ridiculous, but we can discuss some of those. One of them involved, well, I'll, I'll, I'll just save this. It's not, it's, it's even worth getting into. 8789420. So some songs. We're going to play you some, uh, a few new tunes today and the usual mixture of um, everything in the world that you can imagine that we play all the time. Let's begin with one of these, one of the songs that I can stand by Journey, uh, which was uh, an excellent tune from their album Departure, I believe. And this, if you're a fan of uh, Three Dog Night, uh, one of the best groups as far as having three incredible lead singers. Um, uh, back in the early 70s, they had a, an endless uh, bunch of hits and were, they've been taught in college classes and they, uh, they're, they're just a, a they were a uh, unique band. This song to me, I believe, was heavily inspired by those guys and it's Journey. Doing this song back in a moment. This is Drake Digital. This is Drake Digital with Drake West and Sid in the morning. Keep up with the shows and podcasts at drakehallmemphis.com. I looked up because I am curious about the language and things like this. And I saw a headline on television this morning that caught my eye. And then Wes has the story about what that was about in a minute. Are you confused enough now? Uh, I don't remember when I first heard the jargon, the slang, uh, when the word drop became a verb. Uh, I mean, it is, it's, it, it already is, but when it becomes, but now it's about first time I heard it, I thought somebody was just being stupid that so-and-so is going to drop their new album. Well, they should probably pick it up before they break it. Shouldn't (laughs) they? Um, so I go to the Google, who has all the answers. It's become common to refer to the act of releasing a new album or book or whatever to use the word drop, dropping, as in a product is going to be dropping soon. Right. And Normally. so they give some origins of that, and it appears to have sprung from the rap and hip-hop world. The word drop was first used uh, from the old English word droppa, and it means a drop of liquid. The word drop used to describe the act of dropping something came into use in the 1600s. But the phrase drop out was first used in the 1550s. How did we get back to using the word drop, which also means to ingest an illegal drug orally? It also, how did it come to be that we use the word drop when the word is about releasing something? Well, I don't know. Like you said, it, drop it, it, onto it, the... sounds, it sounds like it came from the rap hip hop world. So it was a slight. Makes no Maybe sense like, whatsoever. 
like what you said, were you about to say, like, drop it on the shelf? Drop it onto the public. I mean, there's also ice for diamond jewelry. So, you know. Well, that's an old-timey thing. I've learned the lingo somewhat. Well, ice is, they've they've called diamonds ice from a long time ago. That was, that was in all the old, you know, mob movies. Going to steal some ice. Yeah, well, that's true. That's true. Yeah. They weren't moving ice cubes. They are moving diamonds. (laughs) So this morning, the headline said, Memphis in May to drop the Bill Street Music Fest lineup on Monday. Uh, I have yet to see any news story about a lease being signed, but that's what I was told last week, that February 27th would be the day it was all announced. Um, They've been teasing it a bit on social media. I have seen a a partial list of who's been booked. I think you'll be impressed. I can't talk about who it is. But the list will be dropped on Monday. What does your story say, Wes? Uh, mine says that the Memphis and May folk and the Memphis River Parks partnership are one step closer to closing the deal for the festival to, well, actually happen at Tom Lee Park. Mm-hmm. The sticking point right now seems to be uh, the handicapped access to the Cut Bank Bluff. That includes a staffer to accompany those in wheelchairs. The River Parks uh, people want $5,000 for that and for it to be paid by Memphis in May. The city has agreed to fund $500,000, half a million, with the rest coming from Memphis in May, and they agreed to add 5000 to cover the amount needed to seal the deal. So I'm not sure who's going to be responsible for this five grand, but that's really a weird sticking point. With all of the money that mm-hmm. is involved in this festival, 5K being the potential hitch. If I were able to um, talk about the things that I know about this, from being involved in that music festival, it was first at the fairgrounds, year, like back, back in the 70s. Yeah. And I remember when it came back into play in the late 80s and there was i think it was a one night only thing mid-south concerts uh put it on down in tom lee park it was um stevie ray vaughn and stevie wonder and some morax never forget that and then it blossomed into one of the biggest uh, events in the you know it just it was just it was it was huge and that was back before there were 500 different festivals in this country over the course of a year. Three stages, and I guess the highest peak, because Zeke and I used to broadcast there every year for three days, nonstop, and it was at just so much fun and so much great, great music and people having a, a really good time. Three stages, and then, then there was the blues tent, and the accommodations at the time would hold about 55,000 people a night. Uh, times three, that's a bunch of people and a bunch of money for downtown, for businesses and for, and, 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 and for tourism and for hotels and restaurants and such. And now this recent event that has been going on for about four years, the redoing of Tom Lee Park, which many would argue uh, isn't necessary. Many would argue that it is a good place to take your family and go and do and all this stuff and, and, and uh, watch the river. Um, which may, but who's going to drive from Germantown down to Tomley Park? There's going to be no place to park is one of the issues. And the thing has been reduced in size by half, which has been coming for a long time. 
First it was the south end was cut short. And that made the crowd size a bit smaller. Well, a lot smaller. And this is entirely steeped in political madness. And I know that about the, they've, they've had meetings endlessly about the trivialities of things like that five grand. Come on, people. And this has been going on for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. And the issues at the core of it are not really discussable at this time. Uh, but if they're in this pissing match about $5,000, it's just absurd. And somebody better blink and, and get this get this set in stone before it's canceled. Um, and that's the last thing we want. Because the lineup is, they work their butts off over there to get the best bands on the road uh, and into this city for this big event. And the barbecue and the entire thing. But they have drugged this out now to almost March, which means that there are there's two months to uh, promote this and sell tickets, and we'll see how all all that goes. Tickets went on sale back in December, and so they have sold a good number of those already. So a lot of uh, blood, sweat, and tears have gone into this, and some of the reasons for the problems will come out at some point. But it's it's absurd. But uh, we wish, um, and, and I guess we'll see this Monday that will tell us more about some of the dates, uh, not not the dates, but the artists, right. mm -hmm. and we'll have that for you when it comes out. So um, stand by know? because there were some pretty impressive things on there. Yeah, huh? Do we know? Do we know the host country? I yeah, I saw it this morning. Um, oh, okay. It's it's some foreign place. Really? <laughs> it turns out really? okay. Yeah. Uh, let me see here. Wait a minute. <laughs> I'm just curious. I think it's Oklahoma I hadn't seen this year. It. And Oklahoma. you know, there's a new artist. Okay. There's a new yeah. artist for the uh, for the poster too. Right. So that's uh, interesting let's to see. see here. Memphis in May. Uh, Malaysia. Oh. oh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it'll be all artists from Malaysia on all three stages. So that should be a really <laughs> good time. Now I can tell you without. Um, some of the bands they've already gotten are it's 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 really cool. So they've worked very hard over there, and now they're under the gun to get all these slots filled in, which is hard to do because many bands go out to, um, and start touring in the spring, and that's going to happen this year. I would expect people that have not been on the road for two or three years to to hit the road again this year, mm -hmm. and one of them is Guns and Roses, right, Wes? Yes, indeed. They've announced a big tour for, well, parts of Europe and then a lot of North America, including a couple of dates that are fairly reasonably close to Memphis, but not actually in Memphis. Okay. They're, yeah. They're going to be... That, that happens a lot. Yeah, it sure does. They're going to kick things off in Tel Aviv, and uh, then on August 5th, they're back in the U.S., and the uh, they'll be hitting Nashville on August 26th. If you want to drive to Lexington, they're going to be there on September 6th, and in September 9th, they're going to be in St. Louis. It's unfortunate how many shows we miss, but <clears throat> mm -hmm. there are reasons for that, too, and it's too complicated to even get into now, but it's a damn shame that Nashville and New Orleans and St. Louis and Atlanta get these shows, and this city does not. This city has always had really, really picky tastes 
and Live Nation, the promoter that does the majority of all the big tours of, in, in this country, um, they're difficult. They charge too much money. They pay bands too much money. It's a real endless kind of a circle of confusion and uh, corruption. Hence, Ticketmaster, who is involved with them and the and this bit with uh, Taylor Swift and all that crap. This stuff is a, this is money, 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 and some people are not going to pay that. And um, it's so we have all these other outlets, like two down here in uh, South Haven, the Landers Center and the Amphitheater. Those two uh, are always going to be used, but the Forum is not often used for concerts, and it's. A damn shame. It is. That in part may be due to two basketball teams, but that only happens from October until, well, in the case of the NBA team, the Grizzlies, until maybe uh, May, something like that. So uh, many towns have more than one big venue. This one doesn't. And Mud Island is sitting there rotting still. The last thing that, that I heard about that is that, is that nobody has any intention of doing anything to revive that area because the plan for it is what you might expect if you're a cynic, but this appears to be true. They're going to level the entire thing and, and uh, put up condos on the river. So that's how this town rolls. Yeah. It's, you, you really can't blame. I don't know who, who there is to blame. The blame lies in part in the fact that the amphitheater should have been built a lot bigger and that was discussed at the time. This is back in the 70s, right? And they thought that it was the right size then. And those that were involved in booking the bands back then said, no, this thing should be, you know, seven, 8,000 people. Well, the place holds 5,200 people. And so the numbers began to not work because the bands charge more money. Even on a sellout, everyone loses money. And so they stopped booking bands over there. Uh, and that's just the nuts of it. Because you pay somebody <clears throat> all this money to, to come play there, ticket prices have to go up. Mm-hmm. Even, and, but, it, but, it, but it still always you know sells out. But nonetheless, it's, it's just a loss. And it, it was a great place to see a show. Some fine memories there of many concerts and all that. But uh, it appears unlikely it'll ever be used again for that purpose which is which sucks it sucks so bad the other entertainment <clears throat> biggie bomb that was dropped today <clears throat> i never <clears throat> never could have it have it well this seems kind of far-fetched but then again does it in the 60s the beatles and the rolling stones had a bit of a media uh, contrived rivalry the Beatles wore matching suits they were cute they had good haircuts and they were the first American boy band well the first British boy band that came to this country and the entire world one of their the other bands that was big at the time thanks to a hit song by the Beatles that was given to them were the Rolling Stones and the Stones opted to take the other direction and to be a bit grungier. They were the first um, real, you know, punk band, I think, in rock and roll history. And they chose a different route. How they looked, how they dressed, 
how they acted toward the media. They were the bad boys, and the Beatles were the good boys. Uh, but they never really had any kind of... They, they were all friends. The whole thing was a you know media uh, contrivance. But now, in 2023, the ones that are left are recording together. The past couple of weeks, Mick and Keith, Ronnie Wood, Paul McCartney, and Ringo Starr have been cutting tracks in Los Angeles for a new Stones album. How cool is that? Cool. That's pretty cool. Um, it's been confirmed pretty much by Paul that he's been laying down some bass tracks for an upcoming album with some friends of theirs. <laughs> Ringo's playing drums on a number of tunes since Charlie Watts has passed. It's unclear how many tracks they're on. If they're on the same tracks together, will Paul's voice be audible or will it just be Mick and Paul playing bass? So that's going to be... The Stones haven't had a, an album out since... Oh, is it 2015 or 05? I can't remember. That. No, they did that blues album. That, or that, blues that's cover blues thing. Album. Yeah. And, yeah. And then other than that, they did that song Gur for their 50th anniversary, was it? And then... Yeah, not much in the way of a full new album of new material by the Stones. I thought it was on here, but I don't see the story now. But anyway, yeah, they haven't done anything, you know, since that that uh, blues album. Yeah, this story uh, does mention that McCartney uh, and John wrote the Stones' first hit, "I Want to Be Your Man," and so they were forever indebted to them for that piece of music. And Paul just loves them and goes to all their shows and all of that stuff. So. That is that could really be something, and it would be a nice revival of two of the last bands standing, at least in part, because they've all lost some members through various means. But um, there you go, Stones and Beatles together, kind of. Before we get to assumptive, let's see if Mick lets Paul sing. I'm, <laughs> I, I'm betting against that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm with you there. Get back. I'm betting against that. Play bass, which he is a master at, and just look cute. And I wouldn't expect anybody to expect that you'll see them on a stage together either. Because oh, the Stones are the Stones, and Mick yeah. and Keith. Um, Keith likely wouldn't care, but Mick is Her Majesty, so he don't. <laughs> we don't. We don't tell Mick what to do. You hear? Is he Sir Mick? I guess he. Yes, yes, he is Sir Mick. And Keith told him to go put it up there behind. He did not want to be Sir Keith. Eat it. Because he, he is he's the, he's the man. The ultimate rock star of all time. He is. You know what I just remembered? Speaking of the Stones and Memphis venues, what happened to concerts at the Liberty Bowl? How come no concerts play? I just looked it up. Too this much Simmons, money, I Simmons guess. Bank Liberty Stadium holds 58325 That's a good... Good question. Um, the Voodoo Lounge Tour came here. Yeah. But that's been 25 years ago. Yeah, One of the first shows I ever saw as a young young person, um, Liberty Bowl, the Jay Giles Band opened, I think. Hmm. Then it was the Charlie Daniels Band, and then the Rolling Stones a long time ago in the daytime. And that place was packed. And you too did. There's Europa tour here. 
Liberty Bowl. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, McCartney did a tour here, Liberty Bowl. Um, was Monsters of Rock here, too? Yeah. You know yes, what? it was. Yeah. Was yeah. it there? Yeah. It was there, wasn't yeah. it? I went to that. Because we, we <laughs> are broadcast from the press box there. Or was it Van Halen and somebody else? I don't know. But anyway, I they don't know why they don't use it. Um, it, it, yeah. it is big enough. I don't know if bathroom, if all the stuff is up to speed on what it what it should be. Yeah. But it's a ton of money, but I don't know why. I think maybe it is a lack of effort on the city's part to lure them here. Because it takes, you know, to you've got to do some a massaging of the egos and details and money factors and what you can provide and what you won't provide. Sure. To, to, to get these bands to come here and play. But it seems to me that Memphis, with all of its heritage and Elvis and the blues and all the things that came along with it, would be an attractive place that any artist would want to play. Yeah, but and, does, uh, the, does the FedEx Forum still have this clause in their contract that they have like, I think the right so. to first refusal on things? And that, I believe so. That had always yes. been held up as this is the bottleneck right here. That's why they had to fight out at Graceland to get the right. approval oh, yeah. to have live acts there. And, the, and, yeah. and, and, and and that's bullshit. But they put that thing in effect, and the, and, and the forum has the right to say, no, you can't play those venues. But when you cross the state line down here, that, that nonsense goes away. Right. But if the forum uh, can accommodate a band's tour schedule i suppose that nobody else can can have them i which is just stupid well just that's that's the that's the way that the world works and that it's so much money and so many contractual things and bad choices it's capitalism and dumb laws and rules written by those that are are just out of their minds but but this this town seems to miss out on a lot of chances to have Big concerts here, be it country, be it rock and roll, be it whomever. But there's something amiss, and it's unfortunate for those of us that want to go and you know see these shows. But yeah, and, it and is sure people, what it is. People think, well, they can just drive to Nashville or Little Rock. It's three hours either way. It's not. I it's wouldn't not one drive hour, to Little so Rock to see the Beatles reform if they dug up John and George. Well, we well it's, when when we were talking about Guns and Roses, we saw them in Little Rock. Five years ago, maybe six, and they were great. They still. I, I mean, wouldn't they still go if they were at, at Effin Minglewood Hall. Well, you hate them. Who cares? So whatever. I don't hate them. <laughs> I, I just I think that they've just become a a a, a parody of themselves. I, I I just don't have any interest. <laughs> I just don't have any interest anymore in it. Uh, yeah. Okay. Eight seven. Are there, is it my texting to bitch or talk or anything? Eight seven eight nine four two zero. Um. Yeah. Uh. Okay, well, here's here's the, that's that's on a different subject. Hold on, uh, Marvin says I I once met a guy that owned a used car lot, and perhaps chop shop in the Memphis area. He used to pay off, oh really? He used to pay off teens and preteens to steal cars for him. Perhaps because the penalties on the teens were not so bad, were not as bad, so he could quickly get his thieves back once they got a slap on the wrist. Well, that's that's called organized that's crime. Wonderful, Been yes, for a long it is. Time. <laughs> Brother, got to eat, man. You know, it's just the way it is. Philip says, if you're holding something and release and release it, you're dropping it. I don't like the term, but it's not that much of a stretch. Yeah, whatever, Philip's Marty. It's a, um, it's a, it's, a, it's, it's stupid. Shut up. 
Uh, Kansas, Ario, Joan Jett, and Survivor was a hell of a show, says Daryl. I guess he saw them somewhere, maybe at the Liberty Bowl, since we were talking about the Liberty Bowl. Great. Or the Coliseum, I don't know. Um, Elizabeth says, boomers are losers. We keep losing our treasures. Tim McCarver was an integral part of my Cardinal experience. I will miss him and Belzer and et al. The boomers didn't kill Tim McCarver. He's boomers old. are he, losing, though. Oh, I, 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 I thought she called us losers. Well, she means losing. But no, yeah, boomers are losers, too, Drake. I didn't kill McCarver. I didn't really like him that much, but Belzer was a under treasure. underrated treasure. Oh well, I don't know. It's always something. It's always eight seven eight. Yeah, eight seven eight nine four two zero. Text anytime and text for Bill for tomorrow. Lawyer Bill tomorrow seven thirty. I got many things to uh, to run by him, and then of course your text to ask him about your own perilous ventures into the world of the legal messes we all get ourselves into. Go for it. Eight seven eight nine four two zero. Coming up, we're going to look at a couple of new tunes. One that I found and we put on last week that I just think is fantastic by a lady I had never heard of in my life. And Wes dug up info on her, and the song is just, just great. So we plan to do a little, um, a couple of tunes with the same title. She is one of those, and we'll get into that in a moment. And the new Dave Matthews song is out. It's extremely good. And some, uh, we'll just keep playing and telling you about stuff and uh, hope you have a great day and just be careful. And it's almost spring, so let's hope for the best. Stevie Wonder. This is Sir Duke Drake Digital. Drake Digital with Drake West and Sid in the morning. Hear all the shows at DrakeCallMemphis.com. Well, okay. We're going to play you some tunes here in a minute with um, uh, this new lady. Well, she's not new at all, uh, but I've never heard of her, her uh, before, and I found the song last week, and it has the same title of one of our favorite songs of last year. So we plan to play them both um, because, well, because we want to. That's why. Today is the first day of Lent, and the meaning of Lent is what well, to sacrifice something to prove your faith and your belief in your God. Uh, is that, that correct? seems to be the gist of it, standing on the outside of Catholicism and looking in. Yeah, okay. I've, I've always heard to give up something because he gave up his son. But if you look it up, it's commemorating the 40 days Jesus Christ spent fasting in the desert. Oh, okay. well, okay. So, so don't make well, any snide remarks to somebody and ask them if they put out a cigarette on their forehead. That's not appreciated. No. Um, so pass <laughs> on that. However, I found two stories here that I... Um, I'm not going to ignore. I think that they are worthy of note. Um, church attendance in this country is down 50% in the past decade or perhaps more. Predominantly among younger people. I'd say under 40. Now, I used to go to church. Um, Episcopal was my church. My uh, this, That was just the choice that I made. I was raised uh, Presbyterian. That didn't last very long, um, but uh, I've always found some peace and some comfort in various churches. I've been to big cathedrals across the world, uh, Notre Dame in uh, Paris, St. Patrick's in New York is the holiest place I've ever stood in. 
It's just, there's just a feeling about it. And the architecture and the history behind it just makes it a special kind of experience. And you think about all the uh, funerals held there, the coffins that rolled down the middle of that church, uh, Bobby Kennedy, and the list goes on and on and on. But attendance in churches is down. And I I think that it's, um, I've always found it to be, I don't know if it's being a, a total hypocrite, but they've turned into businesses as opposed to places that offer you a place to come and express your affection for whatever you believe in. And it's entirely your business. Nobody else's. There are many religions. There, Everybody has their own idea of what God is. And there are different approaches to this all over the world. Uh, the underlying theme of Jesus and um, uh, being the Son of God and all the any religion in the world is based upon the idea, or should be, of love and forgiveness and things like that. But when they begin to turn into a business and they have to advertise on 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 the TV, mm-hmm. please come to our church. We need the money. That's when you lose a lot of people. And these two stories today popped up, and I just went, wow. This is why people have turned away, in many cases, from going to church. The the uh, Catholic Church, which is the biggest corporation in the world, has had problems for decades and have paid out billions of dollars in lawsuits over uh, child abuse and sexual inappropriation. Um, It's a long and storied history. They've apologized for it over and over again. And the apologies are supposed to bring absolution, I guess, and you're fine, just don't do it again. Say 10 Hail Marys. Um, It's a bad look, and it's uh, haunted them for a long time. And it continues to be in the news. What was a little bit surprising, but then again, is it really the last convention of the uh, Southern Baptists, which are based here in the South and we're in the Bible Belt, so you have to tread cautiously when you bring up things like this or you piss somebody off. Frankly, I don't care if they get pissed off. It's not my problem. These, These news stories, if they were made up or if they were opinions, I wouldn't even bring them up because everybody has an opinion like they have an a-hole, as the saying goes. The Baptist Convention uh, was a situation, it was last year, and there were many discussions, meetings, and problems in uh, about the sexual issues and the inappropriate things going on among the Baptists and their ministers or their pastors and and all that stuff. It was a news story for about a week and then it vanished. And so you just kind of shake your head and you just go along. Nothing is sacred and you can act like it is. And I know people who I respect immensely because they are true to their faith and they are legitimately by definition, Christians, and they believe it, and they live it. And that, to me, is impressive and difficult. 
Then I see this story last night. Southern Baptist oust the Saddleback Church, one of the biggest uh, churches in the Baptist um, realm, because they have a woman pastor. Their convention has ousted their second biggest church, the Saddleback Church, for having a woman at the pulpit. It's in Lake Forest, California. <clears throat> Yesterday, they had a big meeting, and uh, this mega church, founded by pastor and author Rick Warren, ousted uh, their there's tension about it, and there has been, and they oppose having a female as a pastor. And they've been one of the biggest church growth successes of modern times, much like Joel Osteen's church in Houston. Uh, but against all discussions and opinions of their congregation, the powers that be, the executive committee, had a meeting and decided that they oppose women as pastors and they have tossed this church, I guess, to the wayside. I, 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 this is the darndest thing I've read in a long time. Well, that's, that's a lie. It's only Wednesday. It could always get worse. So uh, they cited the Saddleback Church for having a female teaching uh, pastor uh, functioning in the office of pastor is just not right. Doesn't that go against every definition of what's in the Bible about women and men and the equality that's that they should both receive? And in 2023, you're going to disband and bar, if you will, this church because they have a woman pastor. That's why people have dismissed organized religion. I'm not Baptist, but I don't know. I wonder if they've always been that way. I don't know. Well, is it right? Cause it was always no. things not, change. Not in my opinion. No, but I'm just, I'm just in, it's a query, you know. Well, Whatever. since since a Wes is a Satanist, uh, what are your thoughts? About it? <laughs> I'm not a Satanist. I'm a Methodist. But uh, my point was going to be: humanity has a long, long history of using the Bible to cherry pick things and oh, angle things yeah. to justify mm-hmm. whatever they want. The Bible mm-hmm. was, you know, used to justify uh, the holding slaves in the Southern U.S. for the longest time. It was designed and, and interpreted and used to, to justify. Uh, white supremacy over you know, native colonial, uh, you know, natives in the you know, lands that the Britain and America or wherever col- uh, colonized. So it gets used and abused a lot. So well, this is absolutely no surprise to me whatsoever. Uh, it's a it's a really bad look, um, I think, from the outside in. It's not my place to, uh, well. They told the AP News Service last year that the Bible, and the Bible has thousands of interpretations. It depends upon who you are and where you live and how you interpret these words written thousands and thousands of years ago. And there's no point in getting into all of that. Um, One of these executive dudes told AP that the Bible teaches that men, men and women 
were given spiritual gifts by God. That would be both men and women. Uh, his wife has served as a teaching pastor for Saddleback, along with this, this uh, main lady who caused them to oust the church from their convention or from whatever their little evil group is. Um, women and men can both exercise these gifts um, and be spiritual in their own ways. And so who were these men? I guarantee you there is not one female on the exec committee. They also uh, ousted five other congregations, four over the issue of women as pastors, and one over the issue of sexual abuse. Ugh. And so they have justified this to themselves. They claim to be Christians, but only if you're a man can you really lead the group in prayer and in teaching. That's what's wrong. We just got a text the, about Baptist churches. And? She says they're extremely judgmental and love to blackball people and never hold themselves accountable for their own issues. They will not allow a person to even become a member without a vote, and the person can't have aired dirty laundry. That's been my experience with many, many Baptist churches in the South. I think you're exactly on point, and that is why that, as that many generations do not take any of this seriously. There are churches around South Haven, tons of them, hence Church Road, for one example. They have little flashing signs out front that promote their events and put up cute sayings. And you're welcome, probably, if you go along with what they believe. If you don't, and if you want to argue about it, well, then you're out. That's not the intention, I don't think, going back to the days of Jesus, who had a different idea about things and was crucified for it. And he was a man, I believe that, a bunch of it, I'm just not buying into, but the basic tenets of the entire thing are genuine and sincere. It's just hard to navigate the waters these days, if you are a true Christian, to walk around the nonsense like this that makes people mm -hmm. run from the church. Part two, U.S. authorities are accusing the Mormon church They've been fined five, is it five million dollars? The I lived out in Salt Lake City briefly and was around that city and the society and the Mormonism that permeates every part of that city. Now, if you know the history of this church, it was it is an I don't want this to sound cavalier, but it was pretty much an entirely made up religion created was it john smith was that, is that the guy's name and um, this church has turned into a mega business rivaling the catholics for being in business the church has long been scrutinized by members and non-members for secrecy about their vast wealth which exceeds a hundred billion dollars they were concerned that that uh, the disclosure of their portfolio would lead to negative consequences. So they were hoarding money and not talking about it for fear of being in trouble, which they now were. The shell companies they created, that's a bad look too, with their knowledge and approval have caused them to be investigated by the government or whomever, 
because they're keeping money, because churches are, they operate tax-free, and they're nonprofit investment companies, blah, 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 blah. Uh, a prepared statement yesterday morning was released, and they're being fined $5 million for not disclosing how much money they have. So one more instance of people that portend to be believers and they want you to come to their church and worship with them and they'll support you and they want you to have faith and give them money. And they seem to have missed the point in many of these situations. Baptists, Mormons, Catholics, and I'm, uh, there's no intent of mine to attack anybody for what they believe. This is a group effort here in these stories. But that's Joseph how they Smith, operate. Yeah. What? Joseph Smith, yeah. Joseph if Smith. What, if that's who you said, yeah. If, you, if you've ever read the in-depth origins of that religion, it would blow your mind. But people don't look at those things anymore. Uh, but it's all, it's, it's about business. Not about faith and being kind and good. It's about making money. Not in every case. There's nothing better than going to a small, you know, country church where you can feel that kind of love and what the intent of the entire process is supposed to be. Go to Al Green's church sometime. If you want to feel the spirit move in you, <laughs> go out there. I bet. I want to. To a hail road up the street from Graceland. If you want to feel like you're in church and it means something, go to a church like that. And you feel it. The rest of this stuff, a a great great part of it is problematic. But it's your business, not mine. These are news stories that I'm reading right off the page. And they're not made up. So, there we go. Have you heard of the Netflix show Keep Sweet, Pray, and Obey? Philip sent, uh, he said, you want messed up religious stuff. This takes the cake. I guess he watches it. It sounds like it'd be uh, depressing as hell and only feed into the... Oh, probably. The depression and anger that this brings up because there, there are people that really are truly, truly Christians and they live their lives that way. Oh, yes. And I respect them immensely. But there's also the, the entire bunch that are, that, are, that are phony, hypocritical buttholes. That wasn't very well said. But. <laughs> <laughs> but it was sincere, Drake. It, it was, was very sincere. sincere. I okay, just think this... it, 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 it's just horrible in this, in this current situation that we're in, in this world. And people can always go to the, their, that, their you know, last gasp of prayer and faith and all of that stuff. But now with, it, and, and these stories pop up about, ousting congregations and entire churches because a woman is at the pulpit on Sunday. That's the reasoning. They're not worthy of it. Don't Jesus know. would slap the shit out of you. <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead. This show is about the, it's a documentary, it's a docu-series, The Rise of Warren Jeffs in the, in the Fundamentalist Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and his shocking criminal case. I remember oh. that name, Warren Jeffs. There's oh yeah, there's so many horrible stories about that church, mm -hmm. and and uh, living in uh, Salt Lake, 
They're known mainly for sexual repression and alcoholism. Ugh. That's not made up. I, I was told and educated about that church living out there. Um, they, they hide to drink. Um, the laws in bars are unbelievable. They don't serve, they serve um, beer with a lower alcohol content. And when you buy a buy a, a a drink, they bring you a little airplane-sized bottle, and your glass and ice and your mixer. That's how you buy the drink. And it's um, hmm. it's it's just unbelievable. But these are pretty you know broad observations. But these two stories get into factual specifics, and it's a news story, so you can interpret it, I guess however you want to, but it's, it's just a bad look. And in times like these, when people, when all they have left is their faith, these things don't help. This lady, her name again and her history, Wesley. You're talking about Flora Johnson. It says her name is spelled uh, J-A-N-S-E-N, Jensen. Her, her name is Floor. That's her first Floor. name. Floor, yep. Okay. It's, uh, she is a Dutch singer and songwriter. She was, she's like uh, 42 and has been in band since the age of 16. Hmm. She joined this band called Apocalypse, which became uh, After Forever. They disbanded. She formed another band called Revamp that uh, put out two albums. Uh, then in 2012, uh, they changed up things again, uh, and this band called Nightwish brought her in as a touring member. And then in 2013, they announced that she's going to be her their full-time lead vocalist, and so she's been working with uh, them, this band Nightwish, uh, since. But she's also done a few of her own projects, and that's what we've got is the results of one of those. It's it it's it is um, operatic and moments orchestral hard rock great voice let's play it and then we'll play them on after it on the same theme invincible here it is this is drake digital listen to the drake digital shows and podcasts available all the time at drakecallmemphis.com drake digital playing the best rock and roll ever made there are some couple of other entertainment-type stories that we had uh, to get to. Sid has a couple of things uh, on her list of stories. Jason Isbell, one of our favorites. Mm-hmm. And is this, is this his uh, newest band, have a new album coming out? What's the deal on that? He's yep, a great Jason, songwriter. Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit. They've been together for a little bit. Weather Veins is the new album coming out on June 9th. And the first track is Death Wish. I listened to it last night. Sounds really good. They are going on tour and they will not anywhere around here. Well, he was here at Graceland, I don't know, last year. But they go through uh, Little Rock in May and uh, Fayetteville as well in Arkansas in June. So Great, great uh, songwriter they're great and a live. good dude. They're, oh, God, Excellent. Yeah, they're, they're great live. So. Uh, yeah, so and Dolly Parton is back in the news with her. Well, she's doing an album of with rock and roll people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she uh, took some time off to recut one of her big hits, Jolene. With I don't know how they did this. Well, it's been it's been done before. But explain what she did. 
Well, they did it. They uh, when they recorded it. Oh, was and... she alive, or did Julia, yes, or, yes, or yes, did yes, she yes, sing yes. along? Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she and Olivia Newton-John did Jolene, and it's it's. I heard part of it from this story. It's pretty good. Um, because I mean, she's you know, no Rob Halford though, are... along with Dolly. I'll oh, tell you I that. Know. I know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they did it before Olivia Newton-John passed, and if my mouse would work, that would be nice. Um, and uh, I guess a music video. They released a music video for it, and the song is also streaming on Spotify and other platforms. And uh, it, it came out Friday. And I guess she previously released Jolene, a Jolene cover on her 1976 album "Come On Over." Hmm. Um, I guess uh, is that. Hold on, sorry that my mouse what is it better. not cooperating. Uh, uh, Jack Johnson, what's he doing, Wes? He's doing. He's done a remix album. He's got this in between dub. Is the name of the album. It's going to be coming out uh, coming up this summer. And it's a remix collection, it says, of some of his most beloved recordings hmm. from his over two-decade-long career, but with a dub twist. It's a, he's been working on this what for three mean? years. I, I well, forgot what that means. Uh, it's a it's dub. It's a kind of a, say, dance more dancey kind of music. Uh, he'll add, uh, it's like a, okay, so they add some, the uh, club riff sound. To and, yeah, and they'll the do The EDM a, thing. Yeah. And they'll do a, a full remix on some of these things to make them almost but not quite unrecognizable. He worked with this guy called Lee Scratch Perry, who it says is a famed reggae pioneer. Oh, and good. they've been working on this. They they had, The pandemic came along and that delayed things. But it's done. He's put out one of the tracks and is going to be having, like I said, the full album be out later this summer. Okie dokie. Yeah. Uh, well, there you go. Um, we mentioned before that... Mick and Keith and Ronnie Wood are working with Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr. These people were in bands called the Rolling Stones and the Beatles, you may be aware of. And they've been cutting tracks secretly in L.A. for the past couple of weeks for a new Stones album. How this will be presented, nobody knows, but uh, Paul's been playing bass. Ringo's been playing drums. And it's going to be on the new Stones record, their, their first one in, in a long, long time. Uh, we wonder how they'll be presented as being part of the band or if they'll have any kind of a presence as far as vocals and such. Who knows? Uh, that's going to be happening. Uh, on to movies and to television. Mindhunter was, is a show on Netflix. It was, I'm trying to think back about, it was really good. And I think, was it about the birth of the FBI kind of? Um, I'm trying to remember, and somebody will text this. It was about the birthing. Uh, there were two agents, and I guess that that one case was the entire season. They had two seasons. One of them involved uh, Charlie Manson. This is back in the '60s. I can't remember that. It's been a long time, um, but the show was really good, and it was about the development of part of the FBI or the CIA or somebody in that realm of. Um, of law enforcement. Do you have it pulled up on what the gist was? I I don't know anything at all about the show because well, you know, we have a Google I just, machine. I, re- I recognize the title because you, you and Sid. Uh, okay. I, yeah, oh, what is it? 
Catching a, catching a criminal requires the authorities to get inside the villain's mind, figure out how he thinks. That's the job of the FBI agents Holden Ford and Bill Tench. They there attempt to understand and catch serial killers. And so the story that Wes has is about that it's been canceled because it cost too much to make. Yeah, That makes no yep. sense at all. Uh, it was David, about two guys. It was a very simply done show. What uh, What's the, the uh, story about? David Fincher is the uh, guy behind it, and he was being interviewed, and he uh, said that they're not going to be able to do a third season just because of the price of it. He says it's a mm. very expensive show, and in mm. the eyes of Netflix, they just didn't attract enough of an audience to justify the investment. And he had, doesn't have any you know, bad feelings about him. He said, I don't blame him. They took risks to get the show off the ground and gave me this re- means to do it the way I wanted to do it. And... He thought that maybe if he could have brought the cost down, uh, Netflix might have given it the green light. But he says, I don't honestly think that we'd be able to do it for less than they did the for, uh, the first two seasons. So he says, on some level, mind he- spending a couple of hundred million bucks on a piece of shit like The Gray Man, which nobody watched. That's oh, yeah. A, that was a not- complete contradiction in Good. how they do stuff. Well, They'll, he only knows they- what he knows, so... That they they pissed away so much money on that movie, and then the one with Brad Pitt, Bullet Train or something train, and that sucked out loud. Um, and they'll <laughs> pour money into that kind of crap, but they won't do something that was a really smart uh, and well done show. I can't imagine how that cost them that much money. But Netflix is you know one day they're great, the next day you hate them. So it's it's impossible to make everybody happy, but. That doesn't make any sense that it was too uh, cost prohibitive, but I, I don't I don't work there, so what do I know? This story is uh, uh, is uh, fairly interesting. Uh, Steven Spielberg, he doesn't ever seem to stop. He made his mark. Oh my gosh, uh, how many years ago? Uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind was probably the one that. Put him on the map, and that that movie to me is still one of the best films ever made about life beyond what we can see here, and um, it, it was just a just a classic. Then there was E.T., uh, the pinnacle of 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 his work, perhaps, and um, he did some stuff before that, and then after that, he did movies like uh, you know Schindler's List. And things that were completely opposite of what he'd been doing. So he doesn't stay on one theme. He jumps around and does various things, which all the great artists seem to do. Uh, he doesn't stay on one theme because it gets boring and predictable. So he has been in many, many waters and has done a number of great things. Uh, Stanley Kubrick, one of the most well-known directors of all time, known for doing unusual, esoteric, abstract kind of things. Full Metal Jacket, an intense uh, film. The Shining, Dr. Strangelove, and many more. Uh, Mr. Kubrick's finished works are hits, like the ones I just said. But he has unfinished work that is also um, known by his fans and those that are into film and filmmaking. The biggest bunch of work he left behind, unfinished, is a grandiose work about Napoleon Bonaparte. And Spielberg has taken this material and plans to turn it into a seven-part series for HBO. Hmm. It was nearly but not quite made. 
Um, if, you don't, if you don't know who a, who, a, who a Napoleon is, watch his great movie, Napoleon Dynamite. It's a really good film. <laughs> Very funny movie. movie. So I, I love that movie. Uh, Spielberg, a close friend of Kubrick's, is reviving his uh, passion project. And he will be working with Mr. Kubrick's uh, his wife and brother-in-law and mounting a large-scale production for HBO based upon the life of Napoleon, one of the most interesting figures in American history. And that should be pretty darn good, I would suspect. So Ooh, yeah. there we go. Um, what else do we have about rock and roll? Mentioned, uh, well, that's about it, really. So I've, There's a... Jenny texted about the show Mindhunter. She says it, it was kind of like a, it was very good. It was kind of like a prequel to Criminal Minds. It was going to cost yeah. more because yeah. the actors' contracts ran out during COVID and they all wanted too much money to come back. Well, there were just two main characters. I mean, how come? I, uh, I don't, they spend a lot of money on a lot of projects. Um, their international work is, is remarkable. All Quiet on the Western Front I can't imagine, nor did I look up yet, how much that cost to make. Because it is, uh, I, I just watched the opening of it to get kind of an idea. But it is a detailed, intense look at this, I guess it's from the German army point of view, World War One, and it's two and a half hours long. I wonder how much money that costs. Um, but none of these shows are, are cheap to make. Um, but I don't understand why, why Mindhunter, unless they just lost interest over COVID, which is possible, but that's, that's unfortunate. But there's, there's so much on, on, on Netflix, but I find myself about every week I'll check on Hulu and HBO Max and the other ones that I have to see if they've got anything new that I want to watch. And they usually don't. They move a little bit slowly on bringing back some of their series. Um, uh, Peacock is doing some good work. That's uh, show Poker Face. I have never seen them promote anything so heavily with online advertising. Uh, and and it, it's it's a great show. Um Natasha, now my mind Leon? is no. Leon is yeah. the star of it, um, and she was the star of Russian Doll, and she's in this this show. I got about seven episodes in, and she plays a character uh, that has a gift. She can tell when somebody is lying or not immediately, and so she's put in all these situations where crimes have been committed and she figures out who done it and she's so good in this and it's really really well done but there are many things but I always end up back on Netflix because they've got so many different things and their international programming is top-notch uh, some of it they fund themselves and or they buy the shows from the countries that made them Australia or Poland or Denmark great Great work. And the American films are the ones that suck the most from in <laughs> many cases. But, um, yeah, they, they do some really... I am wrapped up in this show, You, that I mentioned. It's hard to describe. I was drawn to it first because 
the main star of the show, worked at a bookstore in New York. One of those little kind of off-the-wall um, bookstores in the village and likable character, smart guy, interesting guy. And then it unfolds into his relationships and his past. And you learn that the guy is a stalker and a murderer. And the people he kills deserve it. Hmm. But it's not like Dexter. Dexter was a, he, he, he killed bad people. And this guy does too. But it is people that have either wronged him or ex-girlfriends and they just disappear. But the contrast between what he is in real life as his you know, normal day self and what he becomes when somebody pisses him off is a remarkable contrast. And there are four seasons of it. Season one was shot in New York. Season two is in Los Angeles. And it's gripping uh, is the word, I guess. But um, it's not your usual, you know, dramedy, dramedy, comedy, whatever the F they call it. But um, <laughs> it is it is worth the watch. It's, it's, it's really good. It gets a little bit dicey at times, but um, still. It is, but there's just so much out there to watch. Yeah, and you know, and Ted Lasso is 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 heading back to Apple Plus, Blacklist season ten, one of the best network shows ever made is back on. I believe it's the Sunday. My wife said, so that comes back, and um, Raymond Reddington is back in action in season nine. Heavy duty. What's it? Um. And when that show was on, when Blacklist was on regular TV, who told you about it? And you were like, nah, I don't have time. Um, <laughs> it was a long time ago. No, it That's was, the show that last Didn't, year, I guess it was last year. Freaking great. They had eight seasons, 22 shows per season. Let me do my math real quick here. I on to, my, like, get rid of my kid for a month so I can catch up on it or something. Well... I'm, I'm telling you, I spent um, 22 times 8 equals 176 <laughs> shows, 45 minutes in length. Yeah. 176 times 45 equals 7,920. I watched every show, every season, back to back to back to back in under a month, I'm thinking. Because I don't, I mean, it, it, it blew me away from the start. James Spader, not really a big fan of his past work, but boy, he gives a master class on acting in this show. Yeah, he does. And the theory behind it is this FBI task force that is entirely off the grid. No one knows that they even exist. He's one of the world's most renowned criminals and the most most wanted man on earth. Yet he continues to pull off incredible things and kill people. And uh, he has a list, the blacklist mm -hmm. and every show somebody is going out and the characters and the ensemble cast are first rate. And back. And I guess it was you that told me about the show. And I said, yeah, whatever. I don't watch. You were busy TV. with other things. Yeah. You were, you, yeah. Cause it started years ago on wherever. Oh, hell yeah. You know, this is, this is the 10th season now. So, yeah. You throw in COVID, 
and you throw in and all that, the filming, this thing must be 15 years old, right? I mean, I maybe I, I, I'm not sure, but boy, you know, once it once it gets you, you can't stop, and it uh-huh. is wow. And for, and for television violence, they really pushed the envelope. Oh, they did. And you know what else is back? The the hunters. I you know what? That's oh, on Amazon Prime. I think so. I, you got to watch I, it. And started. I, I, I started because uh, the first season, Al Pacino was the major star. And this group of people, um, they were all uh, Jewish people. And they were trying to eradicate anybody they thought was a Nazi uh, that was alive still. And mm-hmm. um, there was a conflict. I guess it was set in the present day. And they were trying to get rid of anybody who was involved with the Nazis um, past and present. Really entertaining. And the mm-hmm. shock value of the end of it was like, what? Mm-hmm. And then it. a friend of mine uh, told me that it, that it was back. And I said, well, I don't want to blow. Well, I, I said, but if, if Al's not in it, I don't care. And she said, I'm not saying, I'm just saying. Watch yeah. it. Yeah, watch it. Watch so it. So I started it and I got distracted. I I think I watched two episodes. But it uh it was it was really good too. And the one yeah, that you yeah. just watched it and you loved it was called what? The Terminal List with Chris Pratt. It is depressing some. Yes. But it's good. It's good. And oh, it has Riley Keough in it, Lisa Marie's daughter. If it feeds my depression and anxiety, I'm in. <laughs> You'll be anxious and it, and surprised, and it's good. Just watch it. It's like seven episodes, maybe. There, I've watched so much stuff that I find that I, I mean, I just, I, I, I can't, I, I can't recall what I just watched last week. But I, but I, I'll, I'll give you one more tip of a, of a show that, the two shows I can think of, just offhand, the past twenty years. That made me get up and pace around the room, go, oh, 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 or The Sopranos and Justified because of the intensity of what was going on and how well it was done. It, it just makes you just uncomfortable. The show's called Fauda, F A U D A. And I brought it up uh, last week. There are four seasons. It's shot in the, in the uh, Middle East, and it is. It's a show about the never-ending conflict in that part of the world between Muslims and Jews and territory. And the guy that um, stars in the show was, uh, in real life, he was a Secret Service-type dude, a military police kind of guy. I'm not sure. In his real life, and a complete and utter badass. So he took this idea, because he was not an actor, uh, he took the idea to somebody, and they said, this is fantastic. If you watched Homeland, like many of us did, and uh, loved that, this is Homeland times 50 in its intensity and in the uh, storylines. It's remarkable. And he took these, uh, the, these, this idea and some scripts to, to, uh, to uh, somebody that, that he knew. His name is Lior Boz, I think. I, anyway, the guy said, you should star in this show. He said, I, I can't act. <clears throat> so he came to New York, I think is the story, and went to acting school. 
And however long he went was long enough to make him a fine actor. But this show had me on the edge of the seat watching it. And I watched all the shows. There were four seasons. And there will be a fifth because the fourth one ends and you're going, oh my. It's mind-blowing in its, in, in its intensity. And um, just the Middle Eastern wars and the, and the violence and the... Um, just all their differences it's it's incredible there's nothing there's there are so many things to watch and i try to do it and it's it it just makes you crazy to try to watch all this stuff but Mm -hmm. i do give it a shot uh ted lasso is back on apple plus next month and some other things yet to come so there's many ways to entertain yourself there are books too you know a lot of great books and movies and thank goodness for them but spring is coming. The little there's little birds out here singing and stuff, and so that will also make us feel better, mm-hmm. right, Wes? Always. Okay. <laughs> is Wes still awake? I'm still right here. I'm still <laughs> hey, heard from him. <laughs> uh, on the birdie note, you have a story that I saw and I went, "Huh? Taxidermed birds being used as drones?" Yes. This is an experimental sort of thing. Researchers are doing this. And, and, okay, the base reason they're doing this is because for all of our tech prowess with flying machines, birds fly better. And so people, (laughs) these researchers want to build machines that can fly by flapping its wings up and down like a bird does and have the kind of lightweight body and flexible feathers that birds have because that and their muscle control is what makes them fly better. So they're working on that. And to to start as a starting point on this, they've taken dead birds that have been taxidermed, stuffed, and are putting the equipment in there to make them fly. The results are not good so far, but... Mm. It's it, it's progress. This whole story opens up by saying there's a reason Boston Dynamics spot looks like a dog because dogs move great over all kinds of terrain. And so this robot dog thing has been successful because it mimics that same thing. They're trying to do the same thing with birds. And this story also notes that the use of feathers gives birds an incredible stealth capacity because if you look yeah. up, and you just see what looks like a bird because it's got feathers and wings that are flapping, you're less likely to think, oh, that's a drone spying on me. I'll just keep cooking on my meth. How do you take (laughs) a bird that's been turned into a wooden-like structure with with wings and bodies that don't move and turn them into a flying machine? I suppose the difference is in how they do the taxidermy for it. They probably get birds and set do the taxidermy in a way that helps facilitate getting the machinery Flight. in them. Hmm. Hmm. So they're not Once going just, to like your, your uncle Once hunter's just cabin drone. to grab one. Yeah. I, I don't know about all that. Uh, well, I don't know. Hmm. Whatever works, just get them drones out. Cause we have no privacy. <laughs> why start now? Sure. Why, why use a little birdie to, you know, to drop bombs and shit, you know, I don't know. I, nothing makes any sense. All right, uh, that's enough. Dave Matthews is a very popular rock artist you may have heard of. And and he has a new song out. And we are going to play it for you. And then we found some other songs about Mad we're going to toss in there. We didn't have Elton John, Mad Men Across the Water. But anyway, we'll just play you the new Dave Matthews. Hope you enjoy it. 
and the songs that will follow it. Uh, text, was there anything worth uh, discussing on the text line after we rented about some stuff? Uh, Baptist. Somebody sends random show that just came to mind with this discussion, a young doctor's notebook and other stories. It's huh. not a happy show, but it's well done and the acting is great. He's not Harry Potter anymore. Oh, it's the guy who's Harry Potter. Uh, Daniel Whats-His-Nuts. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, Radcliffe. Yes. And you know that he was in a in a Broadway play, Naked? Oh, yeah. He was really? in Equus. It was, it was one of the first things he did after Harry Potter yeah. because it was uh, someone told him, or he had the idea himself, that it would be a great way to kind of shake Harry Potter. <laughs> Uh, you think? Yeah, Harry Potter didn't have his dong out in any of those films that I recall. But we were at a show in New York on Broadway and left it. And right next door was uh, Equus. And the poster didn't have him and his wang out, but um, which was unfortunate. But I don't know if it said he's he's here and he's naked. It It didn't say that, but I guess I read that somewhere. But that's sure a way to blow up your image, ain't it? Yeah, and you yeah. Know, it worked. And now he he's done a he's done a lot of work, and but it's been kind of small projects that he just liked and wanted to do because he small he project. doesn't have to do any work he doesn't want to. So he's likely got his dong out in everything he does now because it worked for him. So why not <laughs> bring wow, back Harry Dickett? You want to get your get that thing revived? Oh man, Step like right J.K. Up. Rowling needs some more money, please. <laughs> uh, anything else in there, Sydney? Uh, Jenny says a couple of songs to check out. Zach Bryan, Something in the Orange. Hang on and a minute. I'm going to write this down because I trust y'all. Yeah. Zach Bryan. Zach Bryan, Z-A-C-H, Something in the Orange. And Wait a minute. Don't Stop Believing by Teddy Swims. Well, now that song, it's yes, it's a great song. But, you know, enough already. Sweet Child of Mine, Don't Stop Believing. Uh, but Teddy Swims is a remarkable talent. Yeah. Something in the art. And I will find this because I want to hear how, how he does that. Mm-hmm. What else? Anything else good? Uh, Rick says he saw uh, the Stones at the Liberty Bowl, that you the show you were talking about. He goes, I can't remember if that was the concert where there was some bad mushrooms, mushroom juice being passed around. But my group didn't get sick because we brought our own. That's the only <laughs> way to roll, brother. Okay, dude. You, you, you got to always bring your own. Don't take dope from anybody. Bring your own. Mm, yep. And Words uh, to live by. We were talking about religion, and Polly says, that reminds me of the, old, of the old joke. Why do you take two Baptists fishing with you? Do you all know the answer? No. I haven't heard Because if joke. you take one, he'll drink all your beer. Rimshot. <laughs> but bum And your Playboy uh, magazines. That's what he'll take, too. Yeah. Uh, text anytime, 878-9420, especially for lawyer bill, uh, questions tomorrow. Yep. Bill's here tomorrow. We have many stories and, uh, to ask him about the Supreme court. Uh, Wes had a piece yesterday about, they were going to be investigating. What was the gist of what this is about? Wesley. And it's section if I remember the number, right? 320 of an internet code that in its, at its core, it exempts platform presenters from being responsible for everything that right. the general public posts on their platform. Right. Because oh, yeah. there was one video that was insightful and led to someone's death. Um, so I would imagine this is being directed at TikTok, 
which has become a real problematic thing in social media. So they, they were, they asked this guy a bunch of questions and they are leery was my takeaway from the story to make a judgment on this because uh, it would affect the internet severely. Right. So they're, oh, yeah. so the gist of it is if they're trying to decide if things on social media should be blamed for reactions among the public, right? Is that kind of the well, basic? No, kind of, except what they're saying is that if, if, a, if people post inflammatory stuff that uh, leads to death and destruction and everything on, say, Facebook, then Facebook should be responsible for it, even though they weren't the ones who did the posting, because it's mm -hmm. their platform. But they supposedly have rules, and they and these well, people yeah. can block and, people and, from putting shit up. So why not that? Because we've talked about this before. There are hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of posts made onto just right. say Facebook. They don't How have do you the find staff them all? To, yeah. Yeah, yeah. To, to cover every single one, and you know people are, try to argue that you're either a publisher or you're an open platform. And well, no, that's not the case. This, these Things like Facebook and Nextdoor and so forth are kind of a hybrid that the okay. law is still catching up with. And we'll do this briefly because Wes has to be somewhere, but I wanted to do this on the Supreme Court note. Uh, the Onion, which we refer to on occasion as a site about satire and about parody. Uh, the headline, Onion's Brief Fails to Sway the Supreme Court in a Parody Case. Here's what happened. <laughs> a man in, in Ohio... Um, the court has turned away this appeal from this guy in Ohio who was arrested and jailed for four days and put on trial. What did he do? He made up a fake Facebook page that parodied his local police department in a Cleveland <laughs> suburb. Oh my gosh. Uh, this decision leaves in place a lower court's ruling that threw out his case uh, over civil rights against the city of Parma, Ohio, near Cleveland, and two individual officers. They said that they believe that the officers um, believed that they were acting within the law when they found him and arrested him after they saw the parody Facebook page. Over 12 hours, he put up six posts, one claiming that the department was holding a hiring event and was strongly encouraging minorities to not apply. Oops. <laughs> the other post advertised free abortions in a police van. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> and he had four more of equal humor-based intent. His lawsuit argued that his free speech rights were violated, blah, blah, blah. The Supreme Court said, we got other stuff to worry about. Uh, eat a big one. The Onion chimed in and said that the ruling threatens to disembowel a form of rhetoric that has been around for, for years that is potent in the realm of debate politically, and that purely, uh, by chance, forms the basis of the Onion and their writers' paychecks. They also called the federal judges Latin dorks and claimed to have 4.3 trillion readers, which is, a, which is not true. Not. Right. So this guy was in jail for four days, and he went to the Supreme Court, don't they have other stuff to worry about? <laughs> Here's the new Dave Matthews song for you Dave Matthew fans and a couple of songs to follow it. This is called Madman's Eyes. 
Dave Matthews Band. This is Drake Digital.